Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rethinking H2O podcast, where every week we explore different stories around water that include safe water projects, trends in the water space, and blue mind. We hope you enjoy listening and now here's your host, Kevin Sofen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rethinking H2O podcast. Really excited today. We have Malta from Shore Buddies. Malta is originally from Germany, has quite the inter- interesting story, and is now living in San Diego and is the founder and CEO of Shore Buddies. Malta, really excited to have you here on the podcast. How are you doing today? Good, man, Kevin. It's a pleasure being on with you, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. And so, Shore Buddies, actually, first, Malta, you know. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and then how your journey led you to landing in San Diego and starting Shore Buddies. Yes, absolutely. So it's been quite a journey, as you said, and I totally came to San Diego by absolute chance. My girlfriend at that time, uh, back in Germany, she got a job offer here in beautiful San Diego, California, and I was... Yeah, kind of tired of my corporate job. You know, it was not really like feeling the passion, wanted to change something up. And yeah, the opportunity of San Diego came along. As I said, she found a job here and I was like, hey, that would be cool. Yeah, let's do it and see see what happens. A couple of years later, still liked it here. So uh, just made it happen to stay. And I really was, when I came to California, always under the impression, okay, California, this is the uh, edge of the world when it comes to like the green revolution, uh, recycling and all of that. But when I came here, I found out that that really is not the case. I was quite honest, a little bit disappointed how recycling is treated here in California. And always was looking, you know, for opportunities, what you can do. And, you know, being at the coast definitely kind of um, tied in with ocean health. At that point, that was 2013. Like, I really, you know, got ocean plastic pollution was like really started becoming a thing. And uh, now 2018, it's really all over the place. It's, I feel like, the hottest topic right now. And at the early beginning, um, I was just like, you know, really disappointed like how many trash you find on a california beach and this is considered be like healthy environment so i was always looking you know for kind of different things and i remember like one day i came across an article about patagonia you know this great great brand and the article was featuring one of their jackets made all from recycled soda pop bottles and it was an outdoor jacket water resistant and everything and i was like oh wow this is you know new edge technology that's really what i like and a couple years back back in college i once was on the beach back in germany and uh bought a stuffed seagull and had it with me ever since and I remember when I read that article about Patagonia you know I I looked up like put my laptop aside and the first thing I saw was that seagull Stephen of course I named this a seagull Stephen Stephen was dangling from the ceiling and I looked at him and it's like huh Stephen maybe we can make a stuffed animal from recycled plastic bottles and turns out you can you know like clothing and stuffed animals kind of the same material yeah, a couple of months later, Shore Buddies was born and we started here local in San Diego featuring the, the local wildlife. We started with a dolphin, a seagull, a harbor seal, all made from recycled plastic bottles. And part of the proceeds already were going back to great organizations, you know, keeping our ocean beaches and waves clean. So we partnered with the local chapter here in San Diego of the Surfrider Foundation. And ever since, since we started, $1 out of every product purchase goes back to, you know, support ocean health. 
That's awesome. So yeah, I want to get more about the the dollar for the ocean part too, but to kind of really dive into shore buddies, I think it's so cool that you saw that there was this problem of recycling. There was this lack of it, even though maybe we were two were talking about it. And now the way you've looked at it is you're taking this innovative approach to combat recycling by using business to take recycled materials and then turn that into a product that is then sold to the marketplace. So you're taking previously thought about waste and turning that into a productive product that now people in the market are now getting benefit from, if I'm correct, right? Yes, exactly, Kevin. Um, that's really like how it all developed. And I really do have the firm belief that the consumer has all the power in the world. You know, every decision you make, every dollar you spend, you can either choose, you know, to support an organization who gives back and like, you know, trying to make this world a better planet, or you can take your dollar and just like buy the cheapest product. Eventually, like how products became so cheap is because like it was demanded from the consumers. Like, hey, we like this. Please make more of that. And then the price drops. It's just like, you know, the economy of uh, economy of scale. And I really do have the firm belief like the stuffed animal or the plush toy industry is a huge market, you know, and if we can just like change that up a little bit, you know, make them more from sustainable material, the consumer will jump on it. And they really do believe, hey, we can make something better here. You know, we can make this choice instead of like buying the typical stuffed animal and creating more waste, you know, creating more plastic because eventually polyester is made from plastic. Why not use plastic that already exists? And we take it out of the ocean. Yeah, and I love it. And I think a lot of the millennial generation or the younger generation really does care about not only what they're buying, but how it's made and what what the purpose is. And I think we've entered this age of this conscious capitalism where it's not just I'm spending my money on this because I need it, but it's I'm there's so many options that the consumer really does have the power to make that decision and it's almost a requirement for employers or companies to really have some distinguishing factor. And you've built a whole business model off that in terms of distinguishing yourself as being a conscious capitalistic company that is using recycled sustainable goods to produce this really cool niche product that the market now loves. Absolutely. Yes. It's really what it is. So the consumer has all the power, but I feel there need to be a product out there first, you know, like, and that's the businesses who have to take the risk. You know, it's like, okay, we are new to market. We believe in the concept, we believe in the product and we believe in our vision and we hope the consumer will see it eventually as well. But a company, a business always has to come out first with it and see like, okay, this is what is possible. You know, like if you think about like the huge game changers right now, they all started with an idea. They all started with a dream and then eventually became a mass market product like Tesla, for example. You know, everyone loves Tesla. Tesla is one of the biggest brands now. If you ask how many people can afford a Tesla, it's it's really, really different. Although the Model 3 coming out, you know, but that's the route. So they first had to be like, okay, this is what we do. This is our vision. They're the early adapters. And now it's becoming more and more like a mass market product. And we're doing the same approach with Shore Buddies. And uh, there are so many other great companies out there who take the risk. It's like, hey, this is what's possible. And then the consumer eventually, hopefully, will adapt. Yeah. And so you mentioned you, you started off with Shore Buddies making a dolphin, a seagull, and a harbor seal. And, and these these are stuffed animals that are probably mostly tailored for, for children. But what have you looked at or what have you done as far as taking it from not just a product, but maybe kind of expanding on the education of the awareness of dolphins and seagulls and seals and sort of 
what are these animals and why they're important to the ecosystem. Is that is that stuff that you've you've been involved with as far as the the educational awareness on this, or what have you done with it along those lines? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Our approach is, you know, not just create the product, but also, you know, as I said, giving an educational background in there um, and really like educating at an early age. So obviously it's a kid's product. So we're bringing that in there and tell the kids how harmful like, you know, plastic in the ocean is really for marine life. So all our products come with a little backstory. So Finn, for example, is our dolphin and he is like uh the plastic straw, that's like his arch enemy. So he's like all, you know, fighting this kind of cause and um, like all the stories around how plastic straws like harm the environment. And that's uh, interestingly, we did a beach cleanup the other day. So, you know, that's another way we outreach, you know, to the public and educate about that. And the plastic straws is still like one of the most common items found at every beach cleanup. So, our products, like when we give them to kids and we support like educational tours, we have great collaborator, uh, great nonprofit here in San Diego. It's Ocean Connectors. So they take middle school, high school kids, you know, like literally connect them to the ocean, to whale watching, turtle tours on kayaks, you know, connect them with wildlife and also educate them about, you know, what you can do to reduce your eco footprint, you know, like use less disposable products, you know, more bring your own refillable water bottle, recycle where you can or don't use items that, you know, just you throw away and really go in there, you know, go into schools and um, educate the kids like about ways you have, to, you know, to uh, to make this world a better planet and also, you know, create an understanding and create an awareness what happens with plastic if you just throw it away. Yeah, because the, the second you consume it doesn't necessarily disappear. There is the whole cradle-to-grave life cycle of every single product you consume, consume. And, and I, I have heard that, and you see some of those terrible photos of a, a sea dragon hugging a, a straw or kind of that the turtles eating the straws, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see, but I think part of it is just the lack of awareness of understanding the consumer's decision. And I think if we can continue to educate the youth, which is obviously the future of our country and our world about how these decisions on an individual basis really do make a larger ramification on the entire world, then it's not going to just become something that's like, oh, you know, it's cool that you're doing this. It's sort of like it becomes the norm to to think sustainably and act sustainably and live sustainably, not just sort of something that we talk about. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's my firm belief as well, Kevin. It's um, if you think about like every new movement, you know, that kind of started, it started small. And let's say 100 years ago, like we were not custom, you know, that we like go on the plane and fly everywhere. Now that's one of the, like the most typical things like, oh, I'm going to want to go to uh, like we're here in San Diego right now. I want to go to New York. So I just go on the plane, be in New York. You know, it's totally custom. It's like I don't even question it as as a person like that is the way to travel. If this behavior, you know, like comes with like the way we generate trash and like the way we consume certain things and what we do with it after like little, we, we consumed it. For me, like doing beach cleanups and seeing all the items we collect, like I, I, I just have a hard time understanding people like doing that. You know, like it's, I find items on the beach where I'm like, 
why? Why? What, what was this person thinking? You know, like, why did that end up here? It's, 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 it's heartbreaking. As you said, it's, it's education, you know, it's a slow process, but we have to, you know, get those people to understand better what their actions actually cause for marine life and eventually for ourselves, because all this plastic, the fish eat it and we eat fish or like a lot of people eat fish. And it comes back to us, you know, we ingest those microplastic particles. It's crazy. Like, I'm always shocked. There's this one statistic, one study says by 2050, there will be more plastic in our oceans than fish. Isn't that shocking? Yeah, it's a little depressing. But hopefully through what you're doing and some of the education programs, we can turn those predicted statistics into just a failed prediction. Because, I mean, I think it's, as I've heard from multiple people, but I know my mother told me, as I've continued to go on with my water efforts, is that it's a it's an evolution, not a revolution, and it, it does take time. It requires those beach cleanups. It requires getting your hands dirty. It requires going out and talking to people. It requires companies that give a damn and companies that actually don't want to just make money, but companies that want to. I've heard that phrase. You know, profit is a byproduct of making an impact on another person's life. And if you do the right thing and actually have the best intentions, then it's going to work out. And you're going to make money, but also do good in the process and hopefully leave a positive legacy as opposed to someone that's just in the world to be a money grubber. Exactly. Yeah. For us, it's, of course, you know, it's, it's the more money we make, the more good we can do. You know, that's really how we see it. So we give back with every purchase, you know, to, to educate more people, to give that back. Like our efforts, like the donations we give back, that supports nonprofit like Ocean Connectors, you know, who go out there and educate the kids. Um, but at the same time, it also supports nonprofits who are going out there and tackling the problem we already have because there's so many pla- so much plastic in the ocean already. Um, so we support organizations who do beach cleanup. Uh, 80% of all plastic in the ocean like comes from land sources, you know, like goes on the beaches, get washed ashore, out like that, or other great new technology efforts. Um, there's a there's a movement uh, called Seabin, and what they do is just like a little, like literally a Seabin, which is in marinas and harbors. Uh, we are fortunate here in San Diego to have one of the first prototypes on Shelter Island, and it just floats around the marina and like just collects all the trash in there. You know, it's fish proof, so there's no animals kind of got sucked into that. But you know, those are things just just keeping like already collecting the trash that is out there. But definitely priority first is you know to stop what we're doing right now, like adding more trash, adding more plastic to the problem, and that only can be tackled through education. Yeah, absolutely. And you, earlier you mentioned the, the dollar for the ocean and giving back to charity in different ways. And, and I want to hear more a little bit more about that in terms of how does Shore Buddies give back and, and what is this dollar for the ocean and, and kind of how did it start and what is it doing now? Yeah, $1 for the ocean is actually a really interesting side project now full-time nonprofit organization and completely started by chance when i started shore buddies for me it was really important you know to give back to educational purposes and to help save marine life so reached out in the beginning to a lot of different nonprofit organizations you know pitched the concept as a shore buddies that's what we want to do we want to give a dollar back of every stuffed animal we sell and then a lot of nonprofits were like, oh, yeah, that's a great cause. It's absolutely like adorable. We love it. But we are not willing to put our name behind there 
unless you agree to a minimum donation. And we're like, okay, um, we are like a new concept here. We would love, you know, to help and support you, but this should be like a, a partnership. And if you guys don't really want to get fully behind that and give us those minimum donation requirements, this is just not going to work out for us because we're just here and see how this is actually adopted. You know, when we started in 2013 with Sure Buddies, we had like no idea if this is actually going to be able to take off. You know, like we had costs, we had all of this. And the minimum donation agreements were just not suitable for us. You know, the amounts, dollar requests from uh, certain nonprofits were just not possible to commit to as a startup. So this one, you know, smart moment uh, I had is like, okay, we want to give a dollar back. Just call it $1 for the ocean. So $1 for the ocean was created as like this tagline. And uh, we put it on our products, on the hang tags, on the website and everything. And so it was obvious for people, okay, when I buy this product, $1 for the ocean. You know, the name speaks for itself. $1 is donated, goes back. And then we had other businesses reach out. It's like, hey, you guys have such a great concept of shore bodies, but what is this $1 for the ocean thing? So we're like, okay, yeah, this is just like, you know, we work with different nonprofits and we just needed something on our um, product to make it obvious to the consumer. We give something back and they were like, yeah, we love this. We want to be part of this. So now we work with many different uh, nonprofit, uh, many different businesses, which is like adapted the concept and it kind of evolved in its own nonprofit organization. So $1 for the ocean really became the middleman for companies, mostly startups, although we work a lot with um, the industry, meaning like bars and restaurants here in San Diego. We have like really fun thing. Uh, we have uh, ocean happy hours at certain places. You know, they have a nice sky deck where you can see the sunset and the ocean and everything. And then from five to seven, they have their regular happy hour and they also have one specific beer featured on tap, which is giving back to the to the ocean. So when you buy that pint, one dollar for the ocean um, goes from from every beer purchase. So one dollar for the ocean really became the middleman connecting businesses who want to do good, want to give back and might have had the same struggle with minimum donation agreements as we had with Shore Bodies when we started. And um, yeah, we connect them with nonprofits. We vetted the nonprofits before. Um, so they're doing good, you know, connect them, like help them uh, really get behind the cause and, and work with great organizations. That's so cool. So if a company had this intention of wanting to give back and wanting to get involved with something ocean related or plastic removal related, and they were interested in working with the Dollar for the Ocean, what does that process look like, dude? How do they get involved with Dollar for the Ocean? So how they get involved with Dollar for the Ocean is ideally just, you know, go to our website, $1forTheOcean.org, reach out there to the contact form. Um, we have different models. It really depends on really depends on how much you are able to commit as a starting organization. So it depends on the um, amount of donation you raise um, through either a product, a service, um, or you can put your entire company behind it as we did it with Shore Buddy. So all of our products have the $1 for the ocean logo. So, and then you subscribe to one of our models. It's on a monthly basis. And then we connect you with the nonprofits where the actual donations go through, connect them and help you, you know, of course for, for business, it really is important, you know, to, to, to showcase that, like I'll give, I'm giving back because, Eventually, the consumer is the one who buys your product. And if you don't show them like, hey, we are giving back and this is the way we're giving back. Why should the consumer buy your product if they had decided I want to make a difference by buying this product? So 
for a company, go to our website, reach out there, we connect you because every everyone is a little different, you know, like everyone looks for, okay, we have this in mind, this is our product, we want to give back, like our cause is mainly beach cleanups, um, our cause mainly is uh, plastic pollution, our cause maybe is like climate change, you know, but everything is like ocean related. Um, so we're working with many different nonprofits and trying, you know, to find the best fit and also really trying to make it work for for creating great partnerships between the nonprofits who are actually doing the work on the ground with activists and the businesses who are trying to make a difference. It's really cool. Yeah, it's important to have that level of transparency on where the money is going and what the project is doing and then allowing the company to benefit from that. Hey, we've we're committed to this. We're raising funds and we're contributing some of our profits to these really good causes. So I think that you've kind of created that link between the two is a really cool way of showing profits and impact and, and do good, feel good from the manufacturers and the consumers all in one. Yeah. Transparency is, is absolute key, Kevin. It's, I always feel if you hide something along the lines, there is something you want to hide, but the more transparent you are, the more the customer and the more the consumer and the more your team, your staff and everyone gets behind your cause. And that's really what we want to do. Yeah. Well, so if people want to learn more about Shore Buddies, how could they go about doing that? Well, first of all, listen to this podcast. I think we tackled <laughs> uh, quite a bit what Shore Buddies is about, where it comes from. But yeah, we are definitely on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. That's where, you know, like our typical outreach is. Um, that's where we showcase, you know, the difference we make, like the partnership we have with the nonprofits, but also our website, you know, our entire story, uh, shorebuddies.com. They find like a little bit about our history, the current projects we're working on, as well as, of course, you know, buy our products and support our mission and our cause. Yeah, it's really cool. You're... Not only the CEO and founder of these organizations, I was thinking ahead also like plastic removal entrepreneur, just fantastic side hustler turned to kind of entrepreneur. I mean, so many cool things. And I've really enjoyed listening to you and talking with you about a lot of these innovative ideas. I think your approach to business and, and just life in general is something that I really admire. So I thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Responsible is really excited to collaborate with you in the future. We're going to start listing Dollar for the Ocean as a part of our online sales and start contributing more towards that. We haven't done a whole lot with ocean work just quite yet, so we're excited to use this as an opportunity to get involved with plastic removal and, and a lot of the ocean life that is so important to the whole ecosystem of this world. So we're excited for that, and then we're gonna we're gonna launch one of our little giveaways here shortly with uh, responsible short buddies. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this, Kevin, as well. It's uh, I'm so grateful to have responsible, you know, join the the one dollar for the ocean movement. Yeah, I'm excited for that, and you know, every like I really have the firm belief that like collaboration. There's so many great businesses and nonprofits like out there right now who like all fight the same cause, and the more people we can get behind the cause you know the more the stronger we are you know um it's it's sometimes like really saddening for me it's you know some don't really see the the power of collaboration you know and and do that and they're trying to fight their own little fight and it's like okay i have this great idea this great cause and it's all good but collaboration is is really where it's all about you know like go all together behind the cause you know like um everyone has like a little different idea but the, the main cause is like hey there's too much plastic in the ocean let's do something about that inclusivity and collaboration always wins yes sir big believer in that 
Well, Malta, it's been a pleasure today. Really enjoyed listening and talking to you, and we look forward to more here in the future. Yes, absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much for having me on. Right on. Take care. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Rethinking H2O podcast. If you liked today's episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media at Responsible. And stay tuned for future episodes of the show. We'll see you next time on the Rethinking H2O podcast.